Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Listen, I want you to take up your Bibles quickly. It's so good to see everybody in the presence of the Lord. I'm honored that you would. Many of us are family. As a matter of fact, somebody say we all family. We may not be a member of this church, but I'm so grateful that you would choose to worship with us on this morning. Somebody say happy birthday. Amen. God is so faithful. He's so faithful. He's so faithful. I want to I want to acknowledge a few people. I do. I, it's just protocol, y'all. First, I, I give honor to God because I wouldn't be here without my father. And as my, as my wife um, exhorted earlier, I'm not worthy, y'all. I know I'm not worthy, but I'm so grateful that God would choose me. And I want y'all to know this, and I don't say anything lightly. But I love each and every one of you so dearly. I, I know I know pastors can say that kind of stuff and doesn't really mean anything. But I would do whatever is in my ability so that you can be all that God has called you to be. I love y'all that much. I also want to say uh, just thank you to my wife. I was having a amen. For y'all, for some of y'all who don't know the story, I met my wife at a Wendy's drive-thru. I was ordering a double stack with no onions, no pickles, and I met her little fine self. And then when when I met her, I told her last night, I said, "You ain't signed up for all of this." She thought that we would, she was just gonna be a good Sunday school girl. We was going to go to a little church and have a two little kids, not three little kids. And it wouldn't be all of this. But somebody say, too bad. <laughs> but she sacrifices so much. Many don't know how much she sacrificed. But Serena, I just want to tell you publicly, I love you. I know. was supposed to be on vacation and I was run, running around trying to get stuff for the church and she was going off on me uh, just, just a little bit but she understands the call of my life Amen. and uh, I also want to say this to Pastor Cole really quickly um, Pastor Cole I love you I really do Telling my wife, when you can be so kind to people and you realize that people don't even care. And I'm I've given so much to people, and people will run my name in the mud, will will diss me the next moment and celebrate me in one moment. I said, I'm tired of that. And I'm so grateful for you, Pastor Cole, because the Bible says that a friend loves at all times. And a brother is born for adversity. I love you. I love you. Can 
we celebrate, Pastor Cole. Man, I gotta, I gotta get myself together, y'all, because I gotta preach, and I just want to acknowledge um, two more people really quickly. Um, Bishop Eddie Shannon and his lovely wife, Pastor Tabitha Shannon. Honey, can y'all just wave y'all hands there in the front row? As I shared a shared concern in Pastor Cole, it's hard to find genuine people in the body. Everybody want to want to um, get what they can get from people and move on. But I'm so glad that God would connect me to y'all too. Love them is our family. Somebody say love them is our family. Y'all church family is our family. Now, listen, I, I don't care where we get in the journey, whatever God has deposited in me. I want to help push y'all to wherever God is calling y'all to be. This is a reciprocal relationship that we have. Somebody say reciprocal. I love them dearly. Let's go to the text. I'm preaching for our birthday. I hope I can get it together. Philippians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 12 through 14. I really love y'all. Y'all have no idea. Philippians chapter 3. When you have it, um, just stand to your feet in reverence of God's word. It's on your screen. The Bible says, and this is Paul speaking, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. Somebody say, I press on. That I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing, somebody say one thing. I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Somebody said we're moving the vision forward. And, and Paul says this, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Verse number 13, brethren, I do not count myself that apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. For the few moments that are mine this morning, I love how God orchestrated this way. I'm still in my sermon series, y'all. I want to minister from this subject, positioned for the new. Somebody say you got to be positioned for the new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many believers desire to receive the new, but not many believers are ready to receive the new. We, we desire to receive it, but somebody say you ain't really ready. Now, in other words, believers must be prepared for what God has prepared for them. I, if, if I want what God has prepared for me, I've got to be prepared. And here's the sad reality for many believers is that we're not prepared for what God has prepared for us. I know you got a word, but are you prepared? Because if we can be honest, I know you want that man, but you're not ready. Yep, yep. Somebody want, to be, want that man, but somebody said you're not ready. I know you want the ministry, but somebody say you're not ready. And I know you want the abundance of money, but somebody say you're not ready. So, so, so there's things that I can desire and that God has prepared for me, but I've got to be ready. Because watch this, God only releases the new to the degree that we are ready to receive it. Uh, this is why Jesus said this, watch this, in Luke 16, 10. If you are faithful in a little things, you will be faithful in large ones. I know we may not like this, but the text reveals that the new and next thing that God wants to do in our lives is conditional. I know we don't like that, but somebody say it's conditional. And, and how do I know that it's conditional? Because the text begins with if you. 
uh, that's a that's a prerequisite to what God wants to do in our lives. In other words, hear this: what God wants to do in our lives is a personal prerequisite. In other words, it's not up to anybody else except me. Somebody say, it's up to me. me. See, you want to blame everybody else except yourself. Somebody say, you're not ready. Yeah, I need to drop this off because the new thing that God wants to do in our lives has a personal prerequisite. Many believers need to stop blaming everything and everyone else for what God has not done in their lives. I hate a believer that got something to say about why this ain't why I'm where I'm at. My mama did X, Y, and Z. My man did X, Y, and Z. Somebody say, stop blaming folk. Yeah, you blaming everybody. I know you ain't got no haters. Somebody say, you ain't got no haters. It's not because of your haters. It's not because of your history. Somebody say, just be honest with yourself. Listen, if God does not do what he said he's going to do concerning my life, somebody say, it's because of me. See, y'all don't like that. Y'all don't want to be that honest with yourself. You said it was because the pastor didn't see the gifts in you. Somebody say, not, not so. And I'm going to give you a Bible. Somebody say, he's going to give you a Bible. People cannot stop what God has planned for you. But somebody say, you can. I'm going to give you a Bible. Watch what Psalm 33, 10 says. He makes the plans of people of no effect. Ah, It ain't about my haters. It ain't about my history. Somebody say, just be honest with yourself. Yeah, the reason you ain't married yet is because of you. I know y'all don't like that. See, somebody thought they was just going to get their man today. Somebody say, work on yourself. Yeah, you got to work on yourself. Uh, This means it's not haters, but we got to be honest with ourselves. This is why if we desire for God to do a new thing in our lives, we have to be positioned. Somebody say, get in position. I I, I want God to do the new and next thing in my life. I've got to be in position for God to pour the new thing in my life. Uh, So hear this as we, my prayer this morning for each of us individually. Somebody say, he's talking about you. Yeah, I'm not just talking about the church at large because, you know, we come and we celebrate the church at large. But I'm praying this for each of us under the sound of our voice. And as we enter this fifth year as a church, that God finds us prepared for what God has prepared for us. So I'm going to say this is an individual sermon. Yeah, so I know we're celebrating the church, but we're going to do some introspection, introspection today. We've got to be positioned. So here's the critical questions we got to ask ourselves. How do we prepare ourselves for what God has prepared for us? I got a word from the prophet, but how do I prepare myself? How do we position ourselves for the new? Someone say those are some good questions. Yeah, those are some good questions. The good news is I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. In our text, watch this, we find the Apostle Paul admonishing believers at the church at Philippi. And I'm going to drop this out. This was the first church founded in Europe about how he was preparing himself for what God had prepared for him. But it's important to note that Paul would admonish this in a letter to the believers at Philippi. And somebody might be saying, why? That ain't, I get that, Pastor Keith, he wrote a lot of epistles. Why does the believers at Philippi matter? Because they were consisted of affluent Greeks and mostly Roman believers. Uh, so in other words, they were influenced by Roman rule. 
Uh, these were believers that found dependency upon their riches. And these were believers that were exposed to pagan religions. Y'all got to know who he's talking to in the text. He's talking to a folk that's been um, the political um, rule of that day um, um, mandated how their perspective and things that they saw. They had a dependency not upon God and his provision, but upon their riches. And watch this. They had a lot of worldly thinking because they were exposed to pagan religions that sound a little bit like us. These were believers that had a history that could potentially hinder their future. Because if we can be honest, it's hard to embrace a new thing or something different when you've been preserved by your only point of reference. When I've only been kept by this one point of reference and when God wants to do something different you question what God is doing because God I've been kept by this mindset my whole life I know you want me to trust you with no job but God I've been kept by this history my whole life so he's challenging these believers I know that you felt like it was good under Roman rule I know you got a lot of money that you felt like has kept you but somebody say God is trying to do something different trying to do something different because watch this God does just not want us to be preserved he wants us to prosper these believers were preserved but they did not really prosper and the sad reality is that you can be married and not prosper you better ask somebody somebody say you better ask somebody you can have money and not prosper. I, I, I was talking to my wife the other day. You got folk billionaires like Kate Spade taking themselves out, have money and not prosper. You can be in ministry and not prosper. God desires that we prosper, not just simply be preserved. And this is why 3 John chapter 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. In all things and even the new things that I want to do in your life. Tell you, neighbor, he wants me to prosper. But hear this, the new thing that God does in our lives that causes us to prosper requires that we're positioned. Somebody say, I've got to be positioned. So this, this morning, my desire is that the way church, all those connected to this church and every believer in this place find themselves positioned for the new that God wants to do in our lives. So let's examine the text. I'm going to be out y'all way. We're going to eat some cake. We're going to take some pictures and we're going to go home, y'all. Watch what verse number 12 says. Not that I've already attained it or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I made mention of this in my introduction, but it bears repeating it again. Your inability to be honest with yourself can hinder God's ability to do the new thing in your life. Someone say you got to be honest. All of us have some areas in our lives that need advancement, but not every believer will acknowledge that. I I know some folk that act like they a bag of chips and all of that. But there's some areas in my life, someone say, that need advancement. And if I don't acknowledge my present reality, God can't do nothing with old mindset. So so this is why we're admonished with these words in the New Living Translation of Romans 12 and 3. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Some of y'all ain't all that. Some of y'all ain't all right. And some of y'all have not arrived. Some I say, including the pastor. You've got bishops. You've got pastors. They think they all that. But some I say, you ain't all that. 
when we can get in our mind that we're not all that, God can do a new thing in our lives. You wonder, I'm like, God, you've been in ministry all this time. Why y'all ain't advanced yet? Because you think you all that. And somebody might be saying, why is this critical for, to be positioned for the new thing that God wants to do in our lives? Because when you've declared, watch this, that you've arrived, you've declared to God that you have no necessity for the new. When, when I tell God that I've arrived, that I'm all that, that I, that I ain't got no business, I'm, that I'm all good. Oh, you ain't got no, there ain't no reason for me to do nothing in your life. Because you got it all together. Somebody say, help us today. We have to declare that we're not where we need to be and we're not where God wants us to be. I don't care how many accolades I get, I'm not where God wants me to be. I'm not where I need to be. There's more. Somebody say, there's more in God. This is why Paul declared these words in our foundational text. Not, this is Paul, y'all, who wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament, who had an experience on the road to Damascus. Said, not that I've already attained, or I'm already perfected. Because Paul had to acknowledge that there were areas in his life that still needed process and progress. I don't care how good you get. Listen, Minister Laisha had me in tears and ain't say nothing. I know she's good, but there's more that God wants to do. And we've always got to position ourselves to know, God, there's more you can do in me. I, I know you brought me from a mighty long way, but there's more that you can do in me. Somebody say, there's more that you can do. You hinder God from doing the more because you think you all that. And until we acknowledge our need for the new, we will never have access to the new. Oh, so, so I've got to acknowledge my presence. Somebody say, acknowledge my presence. Consider the response of Jesus to those in the latter portion of Luke 9, 11. The Bible says, and he healed those who had a need of healing. And God did a new thing in those who acknowledged that they needed it. Oh, I've always got to, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Therefore, the critical questions we got to ask ourselves is, have you been honest with yourself? Not that the pastor called you out, not that somebody rebuked you, but have you been honest with yourself? I had to rebuke somebody the other day and they could not be honest with themselves. So I did what the Lord has commanded of me, but they're hindering what God can do next. Have you acknowledged that your present reality needs process and progress? I told Bishop Shannon and, and Pastor Tabitha this when I was at their church um, um, just a few weeks ago. I said that I'm so critical of our church. And it's not that, that I want to be all of this in a bag of chips, but I know that there's more. So I never want to hinder God from doing, somebody say the more. We love each other. We, we hug on each other. It, it's a good, we have a good time in God, but somebody say there's more. Yeah, there's always more. There's always more. So, so here's a word of wisdom. Uh, Y'all ain't gonna like this. Some miracles are dependent upon declaring that you're a mess. There are only some miracles that are gonna come your way until you say, I'm a mess. Notice what Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda, these words in John 5, 6. It says, do you want to be made well? In other words, there was something, a condition that needed Christ. Listen, 
here's the good news. I always want to have a condition that needs Christ. That I don't, y'all hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying that I'm deep seeping, um, sinking deep in sin, but I've got a condition that needs Christ. Ooh, someone say, I'm a mess. Yeah, some preachers ain't going to tell you to say that, but I'm a mess. It was at this man's declaration, honesty with himself, that caused God to move. That means there's times that the move of God in our lives will require that we declare that our lives are a mess. I said this the other day. I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but God does. In other words, if it's left up to me, my life is a mess. But that makes me eligible for God to move. Not all, nobody, nobody else, but that's good news, y'all. In other words, I've got a condition that needs Christ. I don't know about nobody else, but I have a condition that needs Christ. My mouth needs Christ sometimes, y'all. Yes, I'm going to say the pastor too. My mind needs Christ. And even my money needs Christ. Because watch this. If we can be honest for some of us, if God, if Christ does not move concerning our mouth, our mouth will remain a mess and cause a mess. Y'all ain't catch that last part. It'll remain a mess and it will cause a mess. Watch this. Just this weekend, you can tell them if I'm lying, boo, I wanted to cuss somebody out. Say I'm lying. But God had to move. I said, God, if you don't move, I'm going to move my mouth. But thank God I declared I was a mess. Because I was about to be fired, y'all. They were going to fire my behind. I said, God, move on my mouth and move quickly. As the children of God were admonished in Lamentations 340, so it must be for those who desire to be positioned. Notice what the Bible says. Let us search out and examine our ways. God, I've always got a condition. I need you. God, I'm a mess. I need you to move. Somebody say you got to acknowledge your presence. Now watch what number 13a says. See, we ain't going to like this part. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Despite what we may believe, some portions of our history, the enemy uses to attempt to hinder our future. The, the, The enemy wants to use some portions of your history to hinder your future. Somebody might be saying, what do I mean? The reason some of us can't embrace that new relationship is because you won't let go of your raggedy ex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the reason why you can't get that new job, you know, jobs will search your social media is because you can't get rid of those old circle of friends. And the reason you can't get a new position is because of that attitude that will not change. Somebody say, my history, my history. Yeah, my history will get me in trouble. And although we may not like this, much of what we're unwilling to abandon is the reason why we don't have access to the new. Uh, So watch this. Uh, So so the second thing I got to do if I want to be positioned for the new is I've got to abandon the past. Tell your neighbor, abandon your past. And, and, And if we can be honest, many of us are holding on to stuff that ain't good for us no way. Tell your neighbor that X is an X for a reason. You lusting after the X. Why did you break up with them? Somebody say, let them go. They're not that fine that you can't forget them. I, I know, I know they're fine, but you can still forget them. Somebody say, forget them, forget them. 
God trying to bring you somebody finer, but you still worry about his behind. This is why Paul declared in our foundational faith, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Because here's why. Everything and everyone can't go where God is taking you to. Did y'all catch what I just said? Everything and everyone cannot go where God is taking you. So I've got to abandon my past. And when you try to bring things and people into your future that God never intended to go with you, you leave no room for God to do the new thing. Some of y'all, y'all know Erica Badu. Somebody say, I've got, I'm a bad lady. You've got too much baggage for God to do a new thing in your life. Somebody say, let it go. Listen, you're taking stuff that is ill-equipped for where you're going. If I'm going to Dubai, I ain't got no winter coat. Why you still got it? It's ill-equipped to go where you're going. Somebody say, I got to abandon the past. Yeah, I got to abandon the past. Watch what Jesus declared in Luke 5, 37. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else, watch this, the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. This means there are some things and some people that don't have the capacity to handle the new thing that God wants to do in your life. I know y'all don't like this, but some people don't have the capacity to handle that you got the corporate job now. They, they, they think, oh, you just think you all that. You think you big, better than us. No, baby, God just moved me to a new place. Some people don't have the capacity to handle that you change your character. When I say I don't want to hear all that cussing around me, it's because I changed my character. Some folk can't even handle the capacity, don't have the capacity to handle that you just change. I don't go to the clubs no more. I ain't trying to holler at this many women no more. I know that's what you do, but I just don't do it no more. Some people don't have the capacity. Tell your neighbor they ain't got the capacity. And I know this may sound harsh, but as Paul declared in our text, we have to forget not only our past that hinders our future, but sometimes you got to forget people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about people. Sometimes somebody say, forget that classmate. Somebody say, forget that cousin. I know you and your cousin used to run the street. Somebody say, forget them. And forget that crush. Somebody say, forget the crush. If they don't have the capacity to handle what God is taking you. Who I only want folk that have, somebody say, capacity. And somebody might be saying, Pastor Keith, no, that, that, that's just, we can't do that. We're called to reconcile with everybody. I know you can reconcile, but everybody can't go with you. And I'm not saying forget everybody. But what I am saying is that you have to abandon what you abandoned in the past is what's not in agreement with your future. So, so a good litmus test, if I got to stop hanging with my cousin, are they in agreement with my future? That's a good litmus test, y'all. So, so, so watch this. Watch what Amos 3 and 3 declares. Two people will not walk together unless they have agreed to. Uh, so every person that complains about where God is taking you, yeah. somebody say abandon. Every person that tries to convince you of otherwise of what God told you, somebody say abandon. And watch this. My wife had to tell me this. I had one pastor that was connected to me 
And he said, I found myself getting jealous of you. You've got to even abandon those folk that covet what God has taken. I tried to connect with him. I tried to help him. I tried to, but I said, Ooh, I ain't going to stand next to a jealous person. These are those that we have to abandon to be positioned for the new thing. I said, at some point, I've got to forget them and I've got to ask God to work on their heart. You can come back around when you've got somebody say capacity. So hear this. I said that, that, that we've got to abandon the past. We've got to acknowledge our presence. We've got to abandon the past. And I'm almost done, y'all, because I don't want to sweat too much. I want to take pictures with y'all. Let's look at what verse 13b says. And reaching forward to those things which are ahead. My former pastor said it this way. You should be working on what you're waiting on. In other words, we have to prepare ourselves for what God has prepared for us. In other words, God won't let you pass that and you don't like people. You don't even like folk. Why I'm going to give you a platform. He won't give you abundance and you don't even know how to manage your current assets. And you Watch this. He won't give you a spouse when you don't know how to sacrifice. Somebody say, I've got to prepare myself. God provides a new thing to a prepared people. Those who give attention to their, their assignment that has been prepared for them. Watch what Paul says. He says, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. It's, I'm not chasing after anything. I'm chasing after something that's tangible. This means Paul knew that God, what God had promised him was already prepared. Somebody say, you better hear the voice of God. Don't be chasing after stuff that ain't already prepared. He prepares it for you before the foundations of the world. Yet it was his job. Watch this. He says that our head, but it was Paul's job to prepare for them. The text says reach forward. Uh, so the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, are we preparing for what God has prepared for us? Are we giving attention to our assignment that has been prepared? So for the way church, if we want God to give us seed, because we just need money to pass to keep the do what we've been called to do, we need to ask ourselves, are we sowing seed? He, he, he gives seed to the sower. Somebody say, prepare yourself. We want God to enlarge our territory, but we don't even take care of our current territory. Are we mindful of where everything goes? Are we mindful that people just don't walk in to chaos? And if we want God to send us people, we need to ask ourselves, do we first love and serve the people we got? Why God going to send folk through these doors and we don't know how to treat our own people that we already got with the love of God? You got folk and you got people that can't even get an appointment with their pastor to six months to a year later. And the pastor want folk to come through that, those doors. Why? You ain't going to give them no attention. Somebody said, give attention to your assignment. I tell my wife, I know I'm busy, but I, it breaks my heart when I can't sit down with folk. It breaks my heart that I don't have time to counsel folk and counsel marriages. Because why would God send more? I can't take care of what I already have. 
Give attention. Give attention. Because watch this. The future that you're believing God for by faith does require, somebody say works. Watch what James 2.17 declares. Those also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Because a future without dedicated works is a dead future. Even more, this word reaching in our foundational text is the Greek word diako, which means to aggressively chase or pursue with all haste. When we receive a word from God for the new thing to do in our lives, someone say, get the word. As soon as you receive a word, I've got to get to work. I know they said I was going to be married, but somebody say, act like you want a spouse. You don't even know how to talk to folk around you. You're talking about how you're going to have a spouse. You're going to run that man or that woman away. Somebody say, get to work. This is why to be positioned for the new thing God wants to do in our life. We've got to give attention to our assignment. If you've got a business and you say God gave you an idea for a business, Go get you a business mentor. Go find out how you can run a business. Go to some conferences and workshops. God ain't going to put nothing in your hand if you're not prepared to handle it. So this, I'm done, y'all. I want us to celebrate today, but I want us all to be positioned. Many believers never receive the new thing that God wants to do in their lives. It's because many believers are not ready. I believe, y'all know T.D. Jakes back in the day said, get ready, get ready, get ready. (laughs) I ain't going to tell y'all to be T.D. Jakes, but tell somebody to get ready. Yeah, in other words, we have to be positioned for the new. Paul understood this, and not only did he position himself, I'm going to amaze He said, I've got to tell other folk to do likewise. Because we shout at the prophet, but we never get to work. So, 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 so I don't just want a word. I want to, someone say, get to word. Get to word. Uh, so I don't want to be the only one that God does a new thing. I'm asking God, yeah, do a new thing in our church. But do a new thing in Raj. Someone say, I need you to do a new thing in all of us. All of us, God, do a new thing. So my prayer for our church and everyone here is that God withhold no good thing or new thing from us, but it will require that we are positioned. We've got to acknowledge our presence. Somebody say, be honest with yourself. Be yeah, be honest. You ain't all that. You ain't arrived. There's some areas that God needs to advance. We've got to abandon our past. Listen, watch this. Somebody say, it might be your mama. If your mama ain't in agreement with what God is calling you to, you might need to leave her behind right there. Some of y'all can't let go of your mama, and that's the reason why you ain't got no, no boob right now. Y'all know what they used to say? They still on that. Yeah, but I ain't going to say that, but just leave your mama back there. Leave your mama right there. If she's not in agreement, if she's not in agreement, God told me that I would be married. I can't take my mama with me. See, y'all don't like that. I love my mama, but my mama can't go with me. If she's not in agreement with my future. I would tell my mama, if she was sitting there right now, I love my mama. But if she ain't in agreement with my future, she got to stay right where she at. I love your mama if you're watching. And then we've got to give attention to our assignment. That has been prepared. I got to get to work. Yet even more, I believe verse 14 of our foundation of the text reveals both my prayer and desire for our church and all of us here. Notice what verse 14 declares. 
I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward. Somebody say upward. upward. Call of God in Christ Jesus. This means when we're positioned for the new, we abide in promotion. The prize of the upward call of God. This word upward in this text is the Greek word anno, which means things above heaven and the heavenly region. So not only do we receive what has been prepared for us, but it positions us in a place of promotion. It's the place where he does exceedingly and abundantly. It's the stuff that I didn't even ask for because I'm in the heavenly realm. I'm in, I watch this, I'm eligible to receive it. Many of us never get to the exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think because we're not positioned for the new. God says, yeah, I want to do what I spoke over your life, but I want to give you a surprise. I want to give you some secret thing. The stuff that you didn't even ask for. When somebody say, I've got to be positioned. Hear this, I want us to stand to our feet. Everybody in this house, I want us to be positioned. I want our testimony to always be that God does a consistent and new thing in our lives. But here's the other piece. I want God to do, somebody say exceedingly. Somebody say abundantly. Above all, I, somebody say I, could ever ask or think. I want it to be personal for us. Not just for our church, but I want it to be personal for you. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you, God, for this word. I thank you, God, that we want to be positioned. Many of us came to celebrate five years, but, God, we want to get in position. Somebody say, I'm going to get in position. God, I want to be in position that when you open up the windows of heaven, that you can pour out a blessing that I don't even have room to receive. That's where we want to be, God. So God, help us today, God, we pray. Let us acknowledge our present reality. We're not all that. We have not arrived. God, but we're always in a place. We've got a condition that needs Christ. Somebody say, I'm a mess. Somebody shout, I'm a mess. So God, now move. Move on every aisle, God. Move in every seat this morning, God. We've declared, God, that we're a mess. We need a miracle, God, that only requires that we declare that we're a mess. So move now in our, in our lives, God, we pray. And I pray, God, for the believer that can't let go. They can't let go of that ex. They can't let go of that cousin. They can't let go of that circle. I come against every, and I sever every tie that does not promote them to their future. So, God, if it's not in agreement with our future, cause us to let it go. If we got to forget some folk, God will forget some folk. And God will see them, God, when they have the capacity to handle where we're going. And God, for every believer in this place, God, we've declared, God, that we'll get to work. This church, God, will continue to work and will get to work. Every believer in this place, God, will continue to work and will get to work. God, find us, God, when you find us, find us prepared. And finally, God, let us always abide in promotion. There's an upward call. There's an upward call for all of us. So God, let us be in a place where you can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think. 
God, keep us in position. Let us find ourselves in position to receive the new in our lives. And every believer that believes, somebody say thank God. And amen. Somebody give God a hand clap.